You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work friends, family, expect you to be on 24-7, well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. Uh, I am your host, Blake Lovell. With me, as always, is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we are back here with our week four picks uh, for what should be a really fun slate of games around the NFL. And, uh, Dylan, uh, we were talking before we came on. Uh, we're obviously going to start with the Thursday night game, but uh, overall, this is uh, it's a fun slate. Some of these games are probably going to be ones that don't get a lot of viewership uh, unless you were a fan of these specific teams uh, or watching them on the red zone just because there could be a couple of ugly games. Uh, but overall, it seems like there's some, some pretty fun matchups with really some potential high-scoring games as well, I think. Definitely. There's a lot a lot of games that maybe before last week didn't look incredibly intriguing, but now after the performances from guys like Daniel Jones, Kyle Allen, and others, they're uh, a little more we're going to have to keep our eyes on them, maybe more than we would have otherwise. But yeah, hopefully also starting tonight, um, by the time you guys listen to this, it might have been t- uh, yesterday, a better Thursday night game we're hoping here with the Eagles and Packers should be a fun <laughs> one. Yeah, it will be, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, we, we usually don't spend a ton of time on the Thursday night game, but this is actually such a good matchup that we're going to have to spend a little time on it because uh, it is two teams that, that we both talked about a lot. Having a chance to possibly come out of the NFC, get to the Super Bowl, uh, and the way they're playing thus far, well, there's still some things both of them have to improve on. But the good news for the Packers is, Dylan, uh, they're in much better shape record-wise mm-hmm. as uh, they go into this game at home uh, against the Eagles and our four-point favorites in this one and um, you know it's it's one of those deals where we keep talking about the Packers where their offense hasn't played to to their ability yet Mm -hmm. I think there are some people looking at at the play calling and still not exactly sure what to expect maybe week in and week out from Matt LaFleur's offense but when you look at the Packers their defense has been so good which we've talked about uh, you know pretty much every week now thus far they put themselves in a really good position here, but not an easy matchup going up against the Eagles, who are, are basically finding themselves in a scenario here where uh, it's not must-win, but they really need to win this game. Yeah, for Philadelphia, obviously a lot more on the line at 1-2 and two than the Packers sitting at 3-0. and oh. 
but it's, I mean, that, you know, at the same point, team can only be so desperate in week four. I think the Packers still have a lot to prove after missing the playoffs last season and what they're trying to do here, not completely firing on all cylinders on offense. But as you mentioned, that defense for the Packers makes this a tough matchup for Philadelphia compared to some of the teams they've already faced. And the Packers are, uh, as a defense, are turning the opposition over on 21.1% of drives, leading the NFL, which is spectacular. It starts with, they're secondary but we've talked a lot about them already and you know their pass rush should get some more love too and we uh, just before we started recording Saza Darius Smith will be playing which is huge for them Philadelphia's offensive line is getting uh, healthier than last week Dillard and Peters are both okay so I, I did feel tempted to go with Philadelphia here with you know a lot more on the line maybe for them and some of the things they're getting back but ended up picking the Packers to win this one mostly because of that Packers secondary Philadelphia will have Alshon Jeffrey but still not their entire receiving corps back and the bigger issue for me is Philadelphia's secondary I really just do not trust them at this point we the, the Lions did have a good game plan and they but they still weren't able to really run the ball which maybe doesn't uh won't exactly please uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams fantasy owners. I'm not sure. I think tonight will be more of a Aaron Rodgers show finally from Green Bay. The secondary banged up with Darby out and just other guys out. But overall, just even before that was looking sluggish, uh, not really playing at the exact uh, with, you know, with a lot of backup bodies as they were at the end of last season when they kind of picked it up. So really concerned with them still. I, you know, Philadelphia, one and three start. It's pretty brutal for my Super Bowl pick, but I, I think they can turn it around at one point. Uh, but on a short week, it's going to be tough here in Green Bay. Yeah, it's uh, it's something where you, you're going into that, that atmosphere, as we know, and you're still without Deshaun Jackson. It seems like Alshon Jeffrey, as we mentioned, is going to play, but – how effective is he? I don't know. I mean, he should be okay, I think, but he's not exactly in a great matchup. And, um, you know, I had Nelson Aguilar as my, my number one waiver wire pickup. Now, remember, <laughs> I, I wrote this before we knew we knew that Alshon Jeffrey was playing, and so that, that hurts Aguilar's stock a bit. But because he is probably, you know, he's in the slot, I think you'll have a little bit yeah. more opportunities there uh, than some of these other guys will uh, still the Packers have been so good on defense, like we said. I'll take the Packers here, too. I just think it's one where, even with the Eagles needing this win, um, it's it's not an easy spot to be in. And Carson Wentz maybe can't do everything here. And, um, you know, the running game, how does the running game look uh, with Miles Sanders and not knowing exactly what you're going to get from that. I mean, Jordan Howard's back to stealing fantasy points. So, <laughs> um, who, who knows? But, yeah, I, I think the Packers are probably the better pick here, and uh, that will put the Eagles – at one and three, if it happens, uh, entering what will probably be a much easier matchup next week at home against the Jets. So uh, there you go. So the Packers uh, expected to win that game, in our opinion there. Again, four-point favorites heading into the Thursday night matchup. All right, we get to Sunday's action, and we start with uh, the Browns at the Ravens. The Ravens uh, coming off of uh, a game there against the Chiefs, which uh, just felt like that they had some opportunities, just could not find a way, as most teams can't, to slow down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' offense. Um, and then you've got the Browns on the other side. We, we talk about disappointments and teams being in spots where they really need a win. That's certainly the Browns, as they're sitting here as well, kind of like the Eagles, 
having high expectations going into the season, but now on the road against a team that could potentially win the conference and get to the Super Bowl. It's not a great setup for the Browns. I'll go ahead and tell you, I'm picking the Ravens in this one uh, just because, uh, you know, trust issues was a theme early in the preseason. Are we really buying into the Browns right now? I don't trust the Browns, especially uh, in a matchup on the road uh, against a team like the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, a lot would have to change in one week. Uh, not you know, not offensive line play, Baker Mayfield's performance, and just play calling. Then you'd have to have quite a bit of turnover for us to feel confident in them here. You know, I'm going to go with the Ravens too. Uh, you know, Cleveland. I, I, you know, I was impressed with certain things they did on defense. With their secondary as banged up as it was, and it should be healthier this week. Still able to limit a Rams offense that hasn't really. Uh, hit their stride yet to 20 points with uh, mostly because their pass rush was so strong and I, I do think the Browns defense poses a threat to the Ravens more than some of the teams they've faced so far but I'm also going to pick the Ravens here maybe I don't it could be a closer game than that 6.5 spread uh, if I was picking on the spread it would be a little tougher here um, but for Baltimore at this point even with you know Lamar Jackson really not on top of his game uh, on Sunday against Kansas City they still hung in it they still came back late and made it close uh, there's defense still concerns me but again as we talked about the Browns we're at this point it's really hard to trust what they're going to do on offense week to week maybe they'll, they'll this will be the game that they really burst and show us what uh, you know live up to kind of the hype but if, uh, if I'm a, you know betting on this one just uh, on straight up definitely have to go with Baltimore just a lot more things going their way I think the offense is going to bounce back this week their offensive line is uh, much better at this point than what the, the Rams with a lot of the newer guys that are on that line so I think it's a bigger challenge for the Browns up front and I do think Lamar will probably be better at home here so going to go with Baltimore. Yeah, and, and the thing that you have to look at in this game, at least for me, is that secondary for the Browns. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we saw it. We were talking about the Rams game where you had everyone out, and, and you know, it, it seems like that they're finally starting to get some guys uh, back. But, you know, how, how effective, how efficient are they uh, turning around, you know, now and getting ready for, for week four? Are they going to be uh, what we think they, they're going to be the rest of the season? And when you have – so many different guys questionable to play and you just don't know what to expect mm-hmm. uh, out of that secondary for me that makes someone like marquise brown a fantasy play uh at all levels just because he continues to get the targets he didn't have a great game against the chiefs uh like we talked about in our previous episode but he still got targeted a ton and he's going to continue to be that way uh just because of his breakaway speed mm-hmm. uh, so i would i would really look at marquise brown as a really good play here uh, again when you look at his overall targets 13 in week two uh, yeah. nine last week i mean just just throw the ball up and let marquise <laughs> brown make plays so that's they're that's my motto yeah they're gonna connect <laughs> yeah. on more of them this week there are definitely times like we talked about in the last podcast where he got open and just wasn't hit from lamar so should be a better yeah. this time yeah a lot lots of opportunities i think for him this week so he's the one to keep an eye on and you know we mentioned the two defenses but this this could be a game that we could see some points scored mm-hmm. um, just because we know what both offenses are capable of. And I think the over-under is like 45 or so now. Yeah. But you could see that this be one of those potential maybe breakout offensive games uh, just depending on you know how each, each team plays there, knowing what they're capable of on offense. Both of us going with the Ravens, though, uh, to get another win here and to take another step forward there in that division. All right, next up, we have the Titans at the Falcons. Uh, we're just running through all of our playoff teams here right <laughs> off the bat, um, aren't we? I'm pretty sure both of us in some combination have had the Eagles, Packers, Browns, Ravens, Titans, and Falcons all in the playoffs. And yeah. uh, so, yeah, as we said, 
hasn't exactly worked out for some of these teams so far, and uh, the Titans are certainly one of those teams. Uh, we mentioned how impressed we were with their Week 1 win against the Browns, and then they turn around and lose the game they shouldn't have lost at home to the Colts in Week 2, look completely awful in Week 3 against the Jags. Now have to travel to Atlanta to take on the Falcons, Another team that really has has been a little disappointing, I think, with their overall play to this point. Um, they're coming back home. They really need a win here. And so, Dylan, I, I, you know where I'm going with this. You know, you know I'm not picking the Titans. And anybody who's <laughs> listening to this podcast knows. I just My trust issues with the Titans are worse than people's trust issues with the Browns right now because I just don't – this offense, you know, and I always turn it back to fantasy, as you guys know, but – this offense is completely unplayable. Like you just, uh, and it's just because of that. And sometimes you can just relate that. Obviously, the fantasy to just you know the overall straight up looking at a game from an analysis standpoint, um, it's just you do not have any idea what you're going to get from the Titans' offense every single week. As much as I love Derrick Henry, as much as I love Delaney Walker, you just you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what it's going to look like. And maybe that says a lot more about Marcus Mariota and just the overall offensive scheme and the wide receiver unit there. You don't know what you're getting from anybody out of that. Uh, the Falcons are the pick here. And I would, for me, the most surprising part of this, Dylan, is that the Falcons, I believe, are still a, a four-point yeah. favorite in this game. I, give, give me a touchdown with the Falcons here because <laughs> I just don't, I don't see this being a game where it's coming down to a field goal or anything like that two similar teams in certain ways in terms of you're talking about trust issues i think people from atlanta might also say something yeah. similar to how the folks feel in nashville with how the falcons you know one half their offense looks unstoppable another they're turning the ball over just missing easy plays so I, I went with the falcons as well but i had maybe more trouble picking than you did here just because i don't really trust either team at this point the falcons defense even with you know neil's out now for the year for the second straight time and that was such a horrible injury to go back-to-back -back seasons uh, out like that but even before he got injured this defense even when it had its health we've been told from like analysts scouts whatever that the Falcons defense when healthy could be elite and I, even when they're healthy I just don't think that's exactly the case I I think there's more tr uh, trouble there than maybe we uh, I even thought you know beforehand I picked the Falcons mostly though because I do think uh, a matchup wise um, Atlanta's defense one thing they have done well is defend the run and Tennessee right now if they can't run the ball as we saw you know for large parts of their uh, last couple of games they really struggle to move it overall with uh, Mariota and uh, you know last week was ugly and you know it's a better matchup secondary wise here against Atlanta I still don't think he's going to be lighting up the scoreboard by any means Atlanta's offense uh, you know as we talked about their consistency in the second half against Indianapolis they were firing on all cylinders uh, one of you know quite efficient getting everything they wanted to done so here at home uh, a couple teams that at one and two really do need a win need to get find a rhythm and I think Atlanta at this point just trust them a little bit more but I, I don't feel as confident as it sounds like you are <laughs> <laughs> well and I'll say this you know something we forgot to mention Delaney Walker didn't practice on thursday mm -hmm. and so he's questionable to play if he doesn't play then that just that puts the titans offense to me and a you know even against a defense like this as we said kind of vulnerable still i i'm just not i just don't know yeah. i mean we know matt ryan plays better at home and i think julio jones austin hooper those two guys all three really any of that trio fantasy wise is probably great if you're someone 
who has any of those. Um, but, yeah, I just – I know. And, and like you said, I know, but both teams have been hard to trust. But give me the team. <laughs> give me the team that's at home um, and, and seemingly just, you know, in, in a better spot at this yeah. point because the Titans just have way more questions than answers. I think we still feel like we know who the Falcons are. They've just got to work on some things. And, and like we said, too, let's let's point out this with the Falcons. They play a tough schedule. They've had the Vikings, they've had the Eagles, and at the Colts. Yep, very true. Three potential playoff teams there, so it's not as though and, – and, you know, the same for the Titans. I mean, the Titans have, have played a tough schedule except for that, that game against the Jags, as we know, uh, which – could turn out to be a tough game if we if, if the Gardner Minshew train keeps rolling, which we'll get to <laughs> here in a little bit. But yeah, we're both on the Falcons here, and uh, I just yeah, I want to see more from the Titans, and and I don't know when, when do we get to the point to where the Titans maybe consider trying some different things on offense. I don't know, but uh, this could this could be a week where I wouldn't be surprised if the Falcons win this one pretty pretty handily. So we'll see what happens there in that one. All right, uh, potential game of the week action coming up here. This next one. Here we go, Dylan. Your Buffalo Bills are at home <laughs> against the New England Patriots. Uh, the Patriots are a touchdown favorite in Buffalo. Uh, anybody who listens to the podcast regularly knows I've been hyping up the potential 6-0 and Buffalo Bills for about two weeks now, and this is the one game on the schedule that could derail that entire thing. <laughs> Uh, from these first several weeks uh, because this is certainly the toughest one they're going to have and it's not one that's going to be easy Dylan I know it's going to be hard for you but I just I get a sense that you're going to be picking against your Buffalo Bills here yeah unfortunately I'm going with the Pats (laughs) I it's tough for me at this point to pick against them until I see them actually lose until I see their defense actually give up a touchdown it's going to be hard for me to pick against New England no matter who they're facing I, I do realize with Isaiah Wynn out and then James Devlin they're going to have to change things up as Belichick has already said you, they run a ton of 21 and when they really went on their run last year they would kind of struggling to find a rhythm they went to this uh, 21 scheme quite a bit personnel wise with Devlin lead blocking and Sony Michelle obviously being a big part of that and without that they don't really have anyone that can fill in for him on the roster so they're as Belichick said they're gonna have to get creative with their offense not gonna be an easy defense to do it against the Bills for you know they have faced three of the uh, as we mentioned three pretty weak opponents so far but that that doesn't change what this team as a defense can do overall they're over the last since the start of last season they're uh worse or have the toughest in terms of field percentage uh, field of position against of any team in the NFL in terms of starting field position as a defense and they still finished second last year right now in DVOA they're six so you know that takes into account the strength of your opponents and uh, they're still performing well overall compared to everyone else so I I do think it's going to be a challenge for New England's offense as they try to change things up against such a stout defense now (laughs) on the flip side I, (laughs) I really have a hard time seeing Buffalo likes to run the ball. New England defends the run incredibly well. And I, I just don't think when I look at the talent of these receivers and some of the good things we've talked about with Buffalo's offense, I see – I don't know how they're going to get open against the secondary of New England that I've praised so much. They're still intact, and I still they're playing at the top of their game. 
Uh, it's going to be tough for that offense. And we, we've seen some years where Buffalo has a decent record and they come into these really hyped games at home. I think they're better equipped than past years when that happens and you see them just kind of flop and kind of, you know, tr- uh, you know, maybe press on the pedal a little too hard and it ends up backfiring. I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case on Sunday, but I do think the, the difference in the defense, I, I mean, at the end of the day, you have two really great defenses. And then at that point, am I going to trust Tom Brady or am I going to trust Josh Allen? At this point, it's an yeah. easy decision there. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you said, you look at their their schedule. They play the Jets, the Giants, and the Bengals, and I think most people would consider those three among the bottom five teams mm-hmm. in the NFL. Um, and yet, you know, that they've scored seventeen against the Jets, they scored twenty eight against the Giants, they scored twenty one against the Bengals, and so it's not like their offense has just completely just been uh, you know firing and scoring thirty something a game. Which yeah. you look at the Patriots, as we know, they're averaging thirty five point three points per game. They're giving up five point seven points per game. Um, and so, yeah, like you said, if it comes down, I could see this being a, a close game. I mean, you know, the, the touchdown, I would ex- I would probably be, you know, I don't guess you're ever surprised with the Patriots, but I'd be surprised if this is like a two-touchdown type of game. It feels like yeah. one where it's going gonna, it's gonna to be close the entire way, um, and, and you could see it obviously being a, a potentially low-scoring game here. And, you know, you, you kind of look at it from that perspective. If the Bills can just do that, and Josh Allen's just – he's got to limit his mistakes. And uh, what is he able to do with his legs? That that can be a game-changer for the Bills to, to find some offense, knowing what they're going to get from that Patriots secondary. It's going to be hard to, to mm-hmm. throw on them. And so Josh Allen's going to have to make some plays with his feet. If he can do that, uh, he could give the Bills a chance. They're going into the fourth quarter. But, yeah, I mean, it's I'm going with the Patriots too. It's just hard to pick against them knowing how good they've been uh, to this point in the season. All right, we mentioned how good the Patriots have been. Well, the team that's right there beside them, probably uh, 1A and 1B right now in the NFL is the two best teams, at least from my perspective, and that is Mm -hmm. the Chiefs uh, heading to Detroit to take on the Lions. Chiefs are six-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Uh, It seems like uh, we're probably going to see some points here. 55 is the over-under now. On this one, um, and uh, that's easily the, the highest of the week. So there's going to be points, Dylan. I feel like there's going to be points, and I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I was very tempted here to Oof. make this my upset of the week, which is going to come <laughs> as a little bit of a surprise. Uh, I'm not – this is something about the Lions. I don't know what it is, but um, there's just the, – the way we've seen them play to this point it's just like i don't know like like we see them win at the eagles we see them do what they did against the chargers Mm -hmm. the the lions as we said in our our previous episode that division is not looking like you know a three-team deal anymore and i think most people still put in the lions it's maybe the fourth best team in that division but they're all teams that as we're seeing now are very capable of of beating good teams and I don't know. The only problem I have here, and, and obviously I'm picking the Chiefs, but I almost picked the Lions, and I think it's going to be close. But you got Patrick Mahomes. I saw someone pointing out the stat of how long it's been since Patrick Mahomes played in the Dome. And the last time he oh, did yeah. was when he was at Texas Tech. I think he threw for 600 yards. Yeah, six, um, six Yeah, six touchdowns. So he's not going to be playing whoever he was playing that day as a member of, of Texas Tech's team. He's not going to be playing a college team, but – um, Patrick Mahomes in a dome setting is scary to think about. And, uh, I, you know, just go ahead and say it. From, from a fantasy perspective, I think you're playing everyone on offense in this game. Uh, this could be a lot of fun, but obviously I've got to go with the Chiefs here. 
Yeah, I think I'd have a hard time going with my upset of the week twice in a row against the Chiefs. It backfired last <laughs> week. Not going to make the same mistake here. I'm going with the Chiefs as well. But I do see kind of the line of thinking you could go with here. The Lions, for for all their struggles running the ball, they're averaging just over, I think it's 3.1 yards per carry so far. And they, you know, they're still committing to the run, still trying to make it a huge part of their offense. But in this matchup, Kansas City, yeah, one thing, as we talked about last year, the Chiefs could not stop the run. And again, this year, they've off to a bad start despite their defense score-wise performing a bit better. But uh, I think the Lions will have more success. So if you have on Johnson and you've been kind of frustrated with the overall production, I think he can have a big week. As you said, though, everyone on offense in this game, it's not like, you know, Philadelphia, even with all the guys they had down, still put up some decent points against the Lions. Uh, in the Charger game, as I, you know, the part of the reason I don't trust the Lions so much is in both their wins so far they've had some fluky kind of lucky plays where chargers had multiple touchdowns called back on penalties fumble at the one yard line then you go to the lions last week getting uh nelson aguilar quite literally dropping the ball for them for a turnover they have the kick return so they've had some things that have gone their way in these close games i do think they're you know a solid team and overall could be in the conversation at the end of the year for a wild card spot in the nfc but i don't think they're going to be able to really stop the chiefs offense even with some of the good things we've seen with their scheme overall with matt patricia and overall with kansas city at this point i mean they still in mahomes whole career have not scored less than 26 points in a game (laughs) i don't know if the Lions are quite going to get to that number this week so going to go with kansas city in a dome it should be a lot of fun um, we'll see what the running backs can do. I, I was just reading before this that even when um, Damian Williams comes back, they might stick with LaShawn McCoy and Daryl Williams as their two, uh, one-two punch. So just a little fantasy uh, <laughs> that might not uh, be the best news for some of you Damian Williams owners, but is good news for people that have Daryl like myself. <laughs> yes, and for people who have Saquon Barkley and Austin Eckler as their top two <laughs> running backs like I do right now in one oh, of my man. leagues. So uh, yes, Daryl Williams, I need you to come through, man, because uh, I need you. So, uh, yeah, you mentioned it. I mean, the Chiefs, that they've scored 25 or more points in 25 straight games now. Obviously, that's the longest in the NFL. Um, you, you know, we just we look at all these options. And, and even I mentioned on the other side, Kenny Galladay, he's averaging 85.6 uh, 85.6 yards per game in his past mm-hmm. five games at home. So he's someone that should have a, a big game here. And, and there's just there's so many ways you can look at this on offense. But at the end of the day, it's Patrick Mahomes in a dome. And, uh, look, Matt Patricia said it this week. He said he thinks the Chiefs are the fastest team he's seen. Uh, and so with all that speed, with all the different options they have, uh, the Chiefs should probably be able to find a way uh, to get it done here in what should really be probably one of the better games of the week uh, if you love offense for sure. Um, next up, the Raiders at the Colts. Uh, the Colts are off to a, a pretty good start here. And, and this is a team that, like we said, you know, that that tough opening week loss to the Chargers, they bounce back by winning at the Titans, and now they come back home, get a good win against the Falcons. Uh, the Colts are sitting in a good spot here with a really good chance to go to three and one. I mean, obviously they're favored two, six and a half point favorites there at home. Um, you know, John Gruden too, Dylan. I saw this. You know, we were writing about it on, on Clutch Points. John Gruden was talking about how impressed he's been with the Colts. Uh, in terms of just their reaction, how they mm-hmm. responded to the Andrew Luck thing. A lot of people wondered if this team just going to be terrible. And as we said before the season started, we didn't think that was the case. Um, but they really have. They've played pretty well to this point, and really mm-hmm. in all three games. And Jacoby Brissett has looked really good. I, I had him in the waiver wire. I think he's a great play this week, certainly from a fantasy perspective. But yeah. overall, the, the Colts – at least to me, are probably the most trustworthy team in that division right now. 
Yeah, overall talent on the team, I as we've talked about, beyond quarterback, second to none in that division. Now you add in Brissett playing as well as he is. Uh, it's, I mean, yes, Deshaun Watson is in this division, but we'll get to the – you know, we've talked about the depth of the Texans before compared to the Colts. Colts' defense still needs to figure it out a little bit. They're towards the bottom of uh, football outsiders' DVO rankings. You know, they have faced some tougher teams, like uh, passing games like the Chargers and then last week. So – the fact, yeah, the Falcons had a lot of success again in that second half. So in that in that stance, the defense I do think has a lot more potential and can play better than it has. And I think it will get started this week. The Raiders after that first game, and you know there's a lot of promise, there's a lot of optimism, and then they come out. And I know it's two tough matchups with the Chiefs and Vikings, but they've just gotten socked in the mouth. And uh, I don't think the Colts are the kind of team that's going to back down from any team. I think they're still motivated. There's not going to be a lack of um awareness out there on the field just because they're playing against an oakland team that's been down and battered a little bit i do think fantasy wise this could be a huge week for josh jacobs owners that are waiting for him to kind of have another big performance the colts really did struggle on the ground last week and uh, have really all season so i mean we saw austin eckler did in week one against them so in that in that stance i do think the raiders will put up some points i just think their defense is going to get run over by a colts offensive line that you know beyond even quentin nelson just overall as a unit has been so strong and everything they can do with the passing the ball, running everything they do on offense has been so impressive so far. I have this as my lock of the week for the Colts at six and a half. I do think they'll win by at least a touchdown um, in this game against Oakland. Yeah, no, I think it's a really good spot uh, for the Colts, knowing what, what they're capable of and just how well they play to this point. Uh, again, a team that's that's two and one could very well be three and zero, oh, and they're playing a Raiders team that uh, certainly trying to, to figure a lot out. As always, Darren Waller, play him, play him, play him, play yes. him. He's probably going to get eighty five <laughs> targets, and uh, it's just that's the way it works, man. This this guy is a machine, and uh, he just continues to to be you know the most popular choice uh, there for Derek Carr by far. When we see uh, how many targets he had, fourteen, of course, uh, against the Vikings, and just continues uh, to be someone who will, will see a lot in that passing game, especially as the Raiders uh, play from behind a lot uh, at this point in the season. All right, uh, here we go. The, the the game I always love getting to every single week. <laughs> um, it involves the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Chargers will hit the road as 15-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, they head to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you, Dylan. I did not make this my lock of the week this week because um, I I don't think the Chargers are going to lose this game. But your mindset that you have put into me of the Chargers and how they always have some of these weird games. They're going all the way across the country here. They're playing a team that has looked absolutely terrible I don't think the Chargers are going to lose, but I just could not make this my lock of the week, which hurts me because <laughs> I I wanted to make the Dolphins game the lock of the week every single week throughout the season. I couldn't do it this week, though. Still, the Chargers are going to win this game. They're the pick. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't have any trust in the Dolphins whatsoever, uh, but yet – Maybe I'm just the Chargers are just a team that I just I never really know about at this point. Yeah, they seem to play down to the competition. Luckily for them, in this case, that competition is so far down. I don't even think <laughs> if they tried, they could reach that point. Uh, yeah, the Chargers winning. Not a lock of the week, obviously, as I just did the Colts. Uh, I I could see the Dolphins scoring some points with how the secondary for. Um, 
the Chargers has played it. I mean, they played a weaker offensive line last week against Houston and didn't really generate that much much pressure. And overall, Josh Rosen, despite the, you know the performance scoring wise, has made a ton of good throws. Had has had a ton of drops in the you know whether it be in the end zone on other just plays and fumbles and different things. So, you, you, given the situation he's in, which for the second straight year is a really bad one, I thought last week in Dallas he played quite admirably in that first half and you know, obviously they kind of uh, stayed in that game and you know Dallas ended up putting it away in the second half I don't think the Chargers are going to do necessarily the same thing I think the Dolphins at least last week we saw them come out with a little more fight than they had previously this might be the t- first you know they finally might be able to cover it I don't know if they'll get a you know some sort of celebration or a, a celebratory hat or something for that but uh, I think the Dolphins do have a chance to covering this one i still think they're gonna give up a lot of points but i do think they'll be able to score some points they you know they'll probably turn it over just because they are the dolphins and that's what they do but i the chargers really uh still not a team that at this point and they it seems like every year in september they just are really slow to get going and these losses end up kind of costing them whether it be making the playoffs or the seeding in the playoffs every single year to these opponents that maybe not on miami's level but on other teams that they've already fallen to like the lions so We'll see what happens. I, I, you know, it's still too much talent on Los Angeles to pick against them. This might be for Eckler fantasy owners your last gasp before Melvin Gordon takes over the line share of the carries. If you're in a PPR league, I'd still be playing Eckler. Um, still going to be in there yep. and on passing downs. Uh, but overall, yeah, I, I think the Chargers will win this one, and it comes at a good time for them. They needed a victory after these last two weeks. Yeah, it does, and, and like I said, I, they should get the win here fantasy-wise, as I do every week. You're playing everyone on the Chargers. Uh, you're playing everybody there is on the Chargers uh, for sure, and I'm going to continue. I've said this for, I think, two weeks in a row now. Preston Williams for the Dolphins, man. I think he's really good. Uh, I know it's because they're having to pass a lot, and people may just disregard, but this this is a young guy, and I, I think he's got a ton of potential. You just hate to see uh, situations like this where he has a ton of potential, but he's playing on the worst team possibly in NFL history uh, and so it's 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 maybe hard to to judge you know from that perspective but uh, I think he's I think he's really good just from watching him and uh, he'll get more opportunities this week as we know because probably playing from behind and uh, should get a lot of targets this week because Albert Wilson still hasn't played I don't know I think he's maybe still is he questionable I don't know if he's been ruled out yet uh, for this yeah, week uh, so it's uh, I don't know so you know I, I yeah, okay, so he's still questionable. I just still looked it up. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Preston Williams, if you're looking for somebody in a good spot that's going to get lots of targets and a team that's going to have to pass a lot, uh, he's always an option for me and, and actually was a great option last week. Uh, DraftKings, DFS, uh, Preston Williams is a guy I would look at every single week because they are going to have to pass the ball and they're going to be down, mm-hmm. uh, and that gives you a lot of opportunity, uh, especially PPR anything, really, because uh, he's someone that's going to get lots of looks. So, uh, all right, we go from that game, which uh, should be probably pretty one-sided, to what I almost made as my game of the week, Dylan, <laughs> because it's so weird oh, to think that the Redskins and the Giants could be the best game of the week, uh, but from an offensive perspective, mm-hmm. I think you could certainly see a 35-31 type of game here um, because, yeah, I mean, both of these teams are flat-out awful on defense. And yeah. so you've got Daniel Jones stepping in. Uh, we don't really know the quarterback situation with the Redskins. It seems like Case Keenum probably on track to play, even though he was uh, in a walking boot. If not, we're going to get Dwayne Haskins. Uh, Daniel Jones versus Dwayne Haskins. I mean, this would, it would be the ultimate setup, but still – 
Case Keenum in there. They're going to sling the ball around. Both these two teams are terrible defensively. Uh, this is actually going to be a very fun game, even yeah. though it's two teams that have no shot at the playoffs, more than likely. Uh, it should still be a, a very fun game to watch. It's crazy the idea that without Saquon Barkley, the Giants are a much worse much <laughs> team at this point. I, I think no matter who they're facing, uh, it's going to be really exciting to see what Daniel Jones can do. But as you mentioned, I mean, these defenses, man, they made last week, they made Mitch Trubisky look like Rich Gannon. They made Jameis Winston look like Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. So I, <laughs> I do think there's going to be a ton of points. I think fantasy-wise, uh, yeah, obviously, uh, if you haven't gone onto the Terry McLaurin train, it is time. Oh, um, scary and, Terry. It's time. Yeah, scary Terry. The dude's legit. And I even, you know, with the quarterback, you know, Case Keenum, not the in the offensive line and everything they have there, he's still making contested catches. It's not like he's always wide open and it's not like the ball's always getting there right on time. He's making plays with the quarterback situation and the offensive line situation in Washington. So it's been impressive. And Washington overall last week, you know, they did run the ball decently well against Chicago at certain points in the second half. You're going to be facing a team in the Giants that is not going to be able to probably stop you as well. So I'd be curious to see how they try to control the clock. That might be, you know, at this point, it's only been one Daniel Jones start, but do you need to, you need to keep him off the field? I don't know. It's too dangerous out there if you give him the ball with a chance to win. Um, but no, yeah, overall, I, I think it'll be a really high scoring game. I think the over under is 49. So I, I could see that going over for sure if I was betting on that. And the game itself, uh, Washington's offense might be a little better than they've looked overall over the last few weeks, just really um, efficiency wise. They've played some tough teams really and still done okay overall just uh, obviously the turnovers are going to be a huge issue could be a crazy game with whether it be points scored by the offenses maybe by the defenses too uh we'll see but i I went with the giants i think daniel jones you know before he comes back to reality maybe against some tougher opponents coming up he'll get a win here in his first home start new york media will keep running with danny dimes and whatever nicknames we want to approve on on that one if that one's not the uh the favorite out there and overall yeah dvoa wise i you know i swear by it and their defense is giants 31st and washington 27th so there's no reason these offenses can't put up points on sunday here you go. Here's your parlay of the week right here. Give me the Giants and Redskins, the over 49 and a half or whatever it is, and give me the Falcons minus four at home against the Titans. Um, th- those are my two I'm sticking with this week. So, um, yeah, no, it, it is. It's going to be one of those games that we were talking about, uh, Terry McLaurin. I mean, he looking at pro football focus, he's one of the top graded receivers this year. Yeah. Um, he just he, he just looks so good. And I know it's hard, like we said, almost with like the, the Preston Williams type of thing. Uh, this is a different scenario. But, I mean, he's just – even on a bad team, this guy looks so good. And he could – I mean, he's – yeah, waiver wire-wise, look, come on. If you had picked him up yet, if he's still available in your league, go get him because uh, he is just ridiculous and he is clearly their their guy uh, in the passing game there. And this I, this is going to be so much fun. I, I, it's so weird that I'm so excited for the Redskins and the Giants. But <laughs> getting Daniel Jones in there, like you said, even without Saquon Barkley, uh, it's just these two teams should open it up. They should throw the ball a lot. Um, and this could either be the most glorious, ugly game ever, or we could see a, a ton of points thrown up. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to go with the Giants here, too. And uh, I think the Giants uh, in a pretty, pretty good spot. Feel a little momentum mm-hmm. after that win over the Bucks. Two teams that it's really maybe still a little hard to, to get a grasp on. And uh, that's why you and I are going to go in opposite directions on our picks for this one. That's the Panthers at the Texans. The Texans are four-point favorites here. I know in the last episode I was talking a lot about Kyle Allen, and 
obviously as, as well as he played against the Cardinals, second-best passer rating in Carolina history in that game. Um, and, and now he gets a great matchup here against a mm-hmm. terrible Texan secondary. Um, this is one that could go either way, and obviously we're going to show that by our picks. I went with the Texans. Just I'll, I'll use the Deshaun Watson factor here. Uh, but you know they were able to go get that win against the Chargers, but with the Texans, it's almost like they go get that win against the Chargers and you completely expect them to come back home and just have a flat performance here uh, and just not find a way to win. I could see that happening, but I guess I'll, I'll stick with the Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins connection uh, for them to get a victory here. If I miss another pick on, you know, picking against Houston, I'll probably have to get on that train. I've already, <laughs> in the power rankings that I've been doing each week, moved them up quite a bit. Can't deny what Deshaun Watson can do, no matter – uh, you know whether he has time or not the, the guy's just making plays he's a superstar and each week another, another team that you really can't miss the Texan games just because of one guy obviously Hopkins is great but even when he's not producing as well like last week they're still able to score points I, I went with the Panthers though they're my upset of the week I, I do think the matchup yes the Panthers blew out a, a Arizona team that isn't fantastic maybe worse than they looked in the first two weeks and probably is uh, and but I, I do think the Panthers will have success throwing the ball, as you mentioned. I, I don't think that's going to change in this matchup with what Houston secondary has offered so far. I mean, the, the Chargers could have tied the game if, tra- if Benjamin had that catch in the end zone towards mm-hmm. the end. So they're giving up plays still, and I think the opportunities will be there. I think the Panthers receivers are taking steps forward each week. They've looked better and better. And overall, I think the Panthers' uh, defense might be a little underrated. I was surprised to see they were ninth in DVOA um, by Football Outsiders. Uh, you know, they limited a Tampa Bay offense that obviously went off against a bad Giants defense. Against the Rams, for as much as I've talked, you know, about how the Rams were able to adjust and still put things together, they did decently in that game as well. And last week, you know, a Cardinals team that has at times struggled but still has had some pretty big play potential and they really limited kyler murray in that second half so carolina maybe a better defensive matchup for the texans now with uh you know last week the chargers with all the injuries they've had on the back end of their team it's going to be a close one but i think again houston i just do not trust some of the overall depth of the team and you know i'm probably going to miss another one here <laughs> they're going to keep costing me picks and i'll have to you know get onto the train and just be like you know what it's deshaun watson nothing else really matters but i think in this one the panthers will find a way to get to two and two and bring the texans down a bit well uh greg olson had a a great week against the cardinals and uh it's, every tight end uh, <laughs> yeah, and everybody has thus far, and we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the Texans have actually been pretty good against tight ends. Uh, I think they're they're just they're one of the best. But again, sometimes that, that comes down to who you played. And let's remember the Chargers aren't exactly throwing to their tight ends uh, a ton. The Jaguars aren't throwing to their tight ends a ton. Uh, so opponents like that can kind of help your rating there. But yeah, I, I mean it, Kyle Allen's just I don't know. There's something about him here too in this matchup, and that's why it makes me wonder about picking the Texans here because you don't know about that defense uh and and just you know another game that could have shootout potential here possibly so Mm -hmm. uh just knowing kind of where things are for for both sides there in terms of uh making plays on certain sides then you've got the secondary of the Texans like we talked about but this should be a pretty good game this should be one that probably tells us a lot more about where uh, both of these teams are at and certainly these are two that that we're still trying to sort of get a grasp on here as uh we move into uh, week four Mm -hmm. all right we go into the afternoon games uh, which starts with the Cardinals as we just mentioned um, the Seattle Seahawks hitting the road to take on the Cardinals. Five-and-a-half-point favorites are the Seahawks here. And I mentioned uh, the, the tight end situation and how much the Cardinals have given up there. For me, that makes Will Disley 
a yes. must-play in the <laughs> fantasy sphere. Uh, for those of you looking for a tight end to play this week for guaranteed points, uh, Will Disley has to be uh, on that list for sure. Dylan, uh, I know you've switched your pick here on this yeah. game. Uh, we talked about it before we came on, and this was one, too, probably one of the ones I had to, I had a tougher time with uh, because we did see how the Seahawks played last week against the Saints, and, and people can look at that score and think, well, maybe it wasn't you know that one side of a game, but it really kind of was yeah. until the, the Seahawks had to score as many points as they did late, but um, I still will go with them here uh, just because I still, you know, obviously don't trust the Cardinals in a lot of these scenarios, even though we both were robbed last week by them. Uh, we picked them to beat the Panthers, and we saw that turned out. Clearly, there there's still some things they've got to work out, Kyler Murray there, and just in that offensive scheme. Uh, the defense isn't very good at all. Mm-hmm. So give me Russell Wilson, the, the always underrated Russell Wilson, <laughs> And the Seahawks on the road here uh, in what, you know, again, could be a high-scoring game when you consider yeah. how both these defenses have played. Yeah, similar to you, I, yeah, I was disappointed with Seattle last week. I thought they were going to have a better effort, even if they did lose the game. I, I thought they, as you mentioned, it was it was 33-14 to 14 with, you know, a few minutes left, and then finally they let Russell Wilson off, and he starts throwing touchdowns like he does when the <laughs> Seattle does that. So a little more one-sided, as you mentioned. I, I yeah I, I did switch from Arizona to Seattle because I as much as you know I want to be excited about Arizona they still I think they're just pretty bad I just think they're not that good yeah. uh, they're passing uh, offense for all the flair of it all they're 30th in efficiency through three games uh, with adjusted for their opponents that's not great and they have relied on running the ball one thing Seattle's defense which is struggling so far has done well is stopping the run um, we'll see if the Cardinals I mean obviously Alvin Kamara had a huge week we'll see if they try to get David Johnson involved in the passing game and the similar fashion uh, they you know they still could put up points but the cardinals really don't do anything well on defense so far they've added a ton of talent and really hasn't come together yet i think seattle regardless of them being stubborn running the ball like they do or if they're going to let uh wilson air it out i think they're gonna be able to move the ball either way i don't think it's gonna be too big of an issue and i think arizona's as bad as you know we kind of thought going into the season they still have a lot of you know time and a lot of young guys that over the course of their careers maybe they'll put things together with cliff kingsbury there but and this week i think seattle's going to bounce back i think after last week's loss they're going to have a lot more motivation but still again a team that you know has barely beaten a couple of oh and three teams at this point now with the steelers and um yeah and the Bengals so still don't have a ton of trust in Seattle overall which is the initial reason I was picking against them but that coincides with how you know I'm starting to come to terms with Arizona just not being that good yeah Chris Carson the situation there is going to be something to watch Uh, Pete Carroll's as always which you would not it doesn't surprise you at all he always does this he gives you know he's given his vote of confidence to Chris Carson they're sticking with him uh, even with the fumble situation but you know Rashad Penny someone to keep an eye on moving forward because uh he could certainly factor into the mix there and then for Russell Wilson uh his last six games he's played at Arizona he's 5-0-1 uh (laughs) 10 touchdowns zero interceptions with a 107.9 quarterback rating so keep that in mind here if you're someone that like dylan was really trying to will yourself into picking the cardinals uh russell wilson has been really really good uh at arizona and uh, that should be a common theme here again i would think given what we've seen from the cardinals at defense thus far so we're both going with the seahawks uh mentioned russell wilson will disley tyler lockett as well fantasy play i think david johnson is certainly going to be in the mix there knowing that the seahawks haven't looked great uh, defensively either so uh, lots of potential 
ways you could go in what could be a fantasy-friendly game there in Phoenix. All right, let's move on to uh, Dylan's second favorite team now behind the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. That is the Los Angeles Rams here at home against the Tampa Bay Bucks, And the Bucks, just when you thought uh, they were going to have an opportunity to build some momentum, they go, they get the win in Carolina, they come back home, great matchup against the Giants, and then they get Daniel Jones. And uh, now they have to hit the road to play the Rams. Nine-and-a-half-point favorites, Sean McVay's team here. Uh, the Rams are the pick here. They're my lock of the week, Dylan. I uh, was laughing earlier about not going with the Chargers, but uh, the Rams, great spot here against a Bucks team that has to be deflated with how they lost to the Giants and knowing that Jameis Winston, uh, we saw the good Jameis Winston last week against the Giants. Well, this is not the Giants defense. <laughs> I, I think we're going to see the bad Jameis Winston this week, and I don't think we're going to see Mike Evans catch a three touchdown passes uh, or you know, in the first half or anything like that against the Rams. Uh, the Rams, things set up great here. I, I put on my fantasy section, uh, you're playing every single Rams wide receiver in this game uh, because uh, this is a vulnerable secondary it's gotten better. I think the, the Bucks defense is better. Actually, I know people mm-hmm. think, you know, looking back at that game last week and said, what, what are you talking about? Uh, but they're actually better. I just, this is a bad, bad spot for the Bucks here. And, and I think the Rams win this thing going away. Yeah, Tampa Bay has been better stopping the run. And overall, like you said, their defense efficiency wise is in the top half of the league, which is a pretty big improvement considering where they've been in the past Uh, but for the Rams I think uh, this week that you'll see the offense kind of get into a swing of things earlier in the game I don't think they're going to have to wait till the second half like they have all three weeks so far to make adjustments to their scheme and kind of get things going we'll see what Tampa Bay is able to do on defense but on the other side you know Tampa Bay Bay, obviously with the field goal would be two and one if they just made that kick last week but overall their offense yes went off last week but when they face two better secondaries and we'll get to the San Francisco in a second and how well they've played um, when they face them and then Carolina is also a top 10 uh, pass defense so far they've really struggled and the Rams are even better than Carolina and right there with San Francisco their secondary is great we talked about their defensive line I just think overall the strength of the Rams still is going to be their defense this week and I think that poses a ton of problems for a Tampa Bay team that you know last week it might have been just kind of a mirage of what this pass offense wants itself to be but when they face real competition like this I think they're going to struggle especially on the road it's going to be an interesting game I don't think it's going to I know you put it as your lock of the week for the Rams to cover I I don't know if I at this point because of the Rams offense and still want to see them kind of have that big game as I'm thinking they probably will this week but I want to see it first before I feel that confident at least Um, I, I do think Tampa Bay again does a better against the run so I don't know Todd Gurley Malcolm Brown owners how you're going to be feeling this week uh, but as you said every Rams receiver should be able to go off I, I don't think passing the ball will be an issue for Los Angeles I think their offensive line if Austin Blythe comes back will be much better this week um, already taking strides in the second half of these games I think they're going to come out with for a 3-0 team they have a chip on their shoulder when you if you read any of their interviews you know through the week at practice and everything they're not they're not happy at all with how they've played and I think Tampa Bay is going to be the team that uh, gets the brunt of it this week well, as we know, Jared Goff, everybody talks about sort of the splits and, and him on the road versus at home. Mm-hmm. And, and you look at, you know, 105.9 quarterback rating home since 2017. That's the second highest among NFL quarterbacks behind Drew Brees. Um, so you know what you're getting here. And in a friendly matchup, to me, that makes it a really great setup here for the Rams. Uh, and knowing that you've got turnover potential, you, you look at fantasy-wise, you want to play the Rams defense, I'm all for it. Because uh, this could be a, again, we could see bad. Jameis here and uh <laughs> if you see if you see bad Jameis that could uh mean good it's things for the possible. Rams 
yeah, so I just I don't know. I just don't feel like it's a it's a great spot, even with them building a little momentum as we've seen with the Bucks. It's just for them building momentum uh, is hard to do because they that consistency and losing the game the way they lost that last week, uh, and then coming back and playing a much better opponent. Uh, that seems to me a pretty good spot for the Rams uh, heading into this matchup. All right, we go from a game that could see some scoring to a game that is clearly. The game that is likely to not see a lot of scoring uh, based on what we've seen from these two teams. And uh, believe it or not, the next two games we're going to talk about both have an over-under of 38. Um, And we start with the Vikings and the Bears. The Vikings uh, hitting the road here to play in Chicago. Bears are two-point favorites in this one. I tell you, Dylan, I go out, I pick the Vikings to win this division. And I am not picking them to win this game. As much as I think the Bears have struggled and I do not trust the Bears one bit, I don't trust Kirk Cousins. And uh, I I don't know. Like, these are the two teams that I'm torn on right now because mm-hmm. I could see them going in either direction at this point. Um, you know, the Vikings, for as good as Dalvin Cook has been, I, as we say, look at Kirk Cousins' record against winning teams. He's playing a winning team this week. So what do we see from that? He's playing not just playing a winning team. He's playing a winning team that is the best defense in the NFL. What do we see from that? And so that's why I just find it really hard to, to pick the Vikings here. I don't know how much we can learn from the Bears from that game against the Redskins. The Redskins looked awful for the majority of that game. Uh, but uh, I'll just I'll lean on the Bears defense here to get a win. <laughs> and, and what is, you know, and again, we were laughing last week we had one of these games like, it's just a struggle to pick this game because I think this could be so ugly. Um, you know, first to first to ten may, may win this game here. Yeah, I love these NFC North matchups as I've mentioned between in the, even with the Lions now with how well they're playing. I have this as my uh, game of the week despite that over under. I I do love uh, high scoring shootouts. I mean, Giants Bucks last week was a blast. I love high scoring games as much as anyone, but I also do love watching these defenses play football. Um, I yeah, in this game I'm going to go with the Vikings though. I I know it's on the road. I know it's against a winning team and it's Kirk Cousins, but I, this, it kind of comes down more to my trust in the Vikings defense and what they'll be able to do against the Bears offense. The Bears offense, yeah. uh, you know, against Washington had a lot of success, but that is the Redskins defense we're talking about. And I, you know, even in the second half, they, they did struggle at that point. So I still haven't seen it for a full game from Chicago. I, you know, I, I do think overall on the other side, the Bears do match up well with Minnesota's offense completely i mean they they're one of the best rush defenses in the nfl um in terms of stopping the run and the vikings obviously a team that as we've talked about really relies on running the ball to mitigate some of the pressure on cousins as much as you know this is the name of the podcast is established the past minnesota is a team that still needs to establish the run to a certain point because the kirk cousins under pressure is not something pretty for vikings fans um in this game though i i just think there's enough from Minnesota's offense and the talent they have that they're they've had enough matchups against this Bears defense I think they'll have a better game plan that's a little you know maybe they're not taking the shots that they want to take against some of these other teams they faced um, as a product of not really be able to run the ball as much but I think they can find some inefficiencies in the Bears defense they did struggle in the second half on the ground they were giving up plays through the air their their pass defense right now is just barely in the top 10 still by DVOA so they're they have given up you know with Adrian Amos being gone and haha Clint Dix gets that pick six last week but he's he's just not quite the same player and overall the secondary it's still good but I think they rely a lot on their pass rush and Minnesota's offensive line 
uh, has improved. Still going to probably be their easily their biggest test so far. Um, but we'll see what happens. I, I think at this point, uh, as much as we talk about not trusting Kirk Cousins, I have no trust in Mitch Trubisky. You know, he had a better <laughs> week, but he still can hardly throw to his left. He's still missing guys wide open on certain plays. He had the nice dime to Taylor Gabriel on that one touchdown, but otherwise really didn't make that many great throws. And Minnesota's defense, I think they're hungry. I think they're ready to actually come into one of these big games and get a win. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what to say because I don't trust either of these two teams at this point. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, the more you talk, I'm like, maybe I should switch it back to the Vikings. But I'll stick with the Bears here uh, <laughs> to make it different because, I, yeah, I don't, I don't trust either one of these quarterbacks. And uh, that's usually uh, a situation where, for me, you lean on maybe – you know, I don't know, the home phone advantage. Let's just go with that. But, yeah, this is a, essentially a toss-up because you don't know what you're getting uh, with either of these passing games. Uh, Dalvin Cook's look good. I think David Montgomery's look good at times. Uh, you know, Tariq Cohen, they've been able to use him in some ways. But, you know, how do they do that against these two defenses on both sides? And that's what we don't know. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see who can make the play. It's going to be Kirk Cousins or is it going to be Mitch Trubisky? Uh, and if you're a Bears or a Vikings fan, just me asking that question is probably uh, giving you some problems <laughs> and some worries right now, uh, knowing that that's what this game uh, could come down to. But we'll see. Could be one of the better games of the week. Like you said, your game of the week uh, certainly going to be one uh, that's probably no more than a, than a field goal type of game. I'd be surprised. Uh, it will be one of the closest games of the week there. All right, we mentioned the 38 over-under for that one, 38 over-under for this one, and that's the Jags yes. heading to Denver to take on the Broncos. Something tells me this one could be a little bit uglier than that uh, the Bears-Vikings situation. And I also think we could maybe see a little more scoring than expected in this one, um, not mm-hmm. just for, for Gardner mania, but uh, the Broncos knowing you know Jalen Ramsey's not going to play in this game. For the Jags, there could be some things to exploit there. We know how well Emmanuel Sanders has played to this point. I think Cortland Cortland Sutton's played a little bit better. Uh, It's just, you know, are they going to get enough going in the passing game? We know running back-wise, it's basically split between Phillip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Um, I'll go with the Jags here. That's my upset of the week. And, Dylan, you're laughing at me because this is actually one I changed right before we started recording. I had the Broncos, but the Broncos are dealing with some injuries right now to several players um, and several important players. And so I think looking at it in this scenario – I think. Oh, wait, hold on a second. So as I'm talking right here, Dylan is changing his pick as I'm talking. He is now going with the Broncos. We were both on the Jaguars train here. Now, all right, explain, explain. You're going with the Broncos now. So, I, you know, watching the games for the Jaguars, I thought their run defense had been decent, but DVOA-wise, they're 26th in efficiency against the run, which uh, that was my main kind of point when I was thinking about Jacksonville uh, as a team that, you know, overall I thought they were able to stop the run much better than that, but apparently not, and Denver's a team that runs the ball pretty well. I do think that's going to be a big reason why I switched my pick to the Broncos. Um, also, just overall, you know, Denver's defense, I think it's going to come around at some point. They have no sacks to this point in this season and overall have struggled a lot more than a lot of some people are thinking you know Vic Fangio is going to come in and it's going to be the new Bears uh, with that defense and it really hasn't been there I, I do think they're going to improve this week though and at home 0-3 already I, I think they have enough talent that even with the injuries as you mentioned I think they're going to come out there they're t- in September uh, traditionally at home in Denver they they have I think their winning percentage is plus 85% over the last like 20-25 years so a really tough team early in the season at home I think they're 
going to bounce back. I, I switched the pick. I, I want to be all on Gardner Minshew. I really do. And I think that, you know, their <laughs> pass offense is a lot better uh, than I expected with uh, Foles going down. I think they're still going to score some points here. But I think at the end of the day, if Denver's able to get the running game going, no Jalen Ramsey, obviously, uh, playing in this one, I, I think we'll finally see the Broncos offense get something going. And, and just overall, that home field advantage. Uh, had me switching to Denver. I mean, you switched. We both switched in this game. Clearly, we're not <laughs> that confident in this one. But, you know, last week we only had a couple of different opinions. So, also got to flip a few more here so that we have uh, contrasting yeah. takes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, I think this could be a Leonard Fournette game. We'll see because it is going to be low scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as much as they're going to feed Leonard Fournette for the Jags, I think he could potentially have a big game here although it seems like we've been saying that for a while and and you know is he finally going to have that breakout game he's got to get the volume as we know uh, but is he going to turn that into more than just a a one big play like he did against the titans where he had negative yardage until that long run late um but yeah i'll i'll take a chance here on the jacks i don't really have a lot of upsets anywhere else so i had to yeah. find an upset somewhere uh, so I'll, I'll go with the jags here knowing that the, the broncos dealing with some injuries not really found their flow on offense yet even even with Jalen ramsey out uh, I'll, I'll take a chance on the jacks here getting the win on the road all right we go into the two primetime games to wrap up here and uh my game of the week is going to be the first one and that's the sunday night game the Cowboys uh, heading to New Orleans to take on the Saints. The Cowboys two and a half points favorites in this one. I guess this is kind of an upset too for me because yeah. uh, I'm going to take the Saints here. Uh, I just thought that even with the Seahawks as bad as they looked in the secondary, I was still very impressed with what the Saints did going into Seattle, winning in a tough environment like that uh, with Teddy Bridgewater, who looked pretty good. Alvin Kamara is going to get the ball on every single offensive play if possible. Uh, He's good enough to to make an impact here. Fantasy-wise, you're probably playing pretty much everyone here, Uh, all your big guys. There's going to be points in this one. I, you know, Saints primetime in New Orleans. I, I'm going to take a chance here on the Saints uh, because I don't know. Like, I, I've the Cowboys have looked great, as we know, but mm-hmm. as we've said, Dylan, the Cowboys have also played three yep. really bad teams to this point, potentially. I mean, even for, for some people's standards, maybe the three worst teams in the NFL. Um, <laughs> and so now they, they go on the road here to play the Saints. I'll, I'll take a chance to go with the Saints here. Yeah, it's going to be a shock to the system after playing, you know, their first three games. They had one road game, but half the crowd basically was Cowboy fans in Washington. They're going to go into the Saints uh, house here in the Superdome. They'll, you know, the, Dallas will always have fans in any road arena, but it's still going to be a huge home field advantage for the Saints. Coming off a huge win, as you mentioned, against Seattle, I, I went with the Cowboys for a few reasons. I overall as i've talked about you know my non-playoff team the dallas cowboys here (laughs) we've talked a lot about how much kellen moore has transformed that offense and sure enough at this point dvoa wise they're second in pass offense first in rush offense one of the best offenses in the nfl on the flip side new orleans defense towards the bottom of the nfl in both efficiency against the pass and run taking into account you know just overall the opponents they face too there so i think dallas is going to be able to move the ball i don't think that's going to be too much trouble here even with the road atmosphere i think they're going to find a way to get everyone going they they the offensive system they have right now is built to succeed in these situations no matter where they are and on the flip side dallas is a defense last year i think about the game against the saints and uh it was a 13 to 10 victory for dallas i believe and in that game alvin Kamara had a 
really bad week uh, this is a team with their linebackers that has really good at defending these passing uh, sorry receiving running backs and obviously they're going to be even more clued in on him with uh, Teddy Bridgewater in the game Teddy over uh, going back to week two when he got in for Drew Brees and then last week his his average uh, attempt is only one point area or 1.9 air yards down the field they are not throwing the ball down the field at all they're very much uh you know having to get kind of conservative not really try to expose uh defense you know over the top and that's one thing dallas has kind of struggled with is some of these deeper shots we'll see if teddy takes some in this game but i think they're absolutely clued in into the kind of mid uh intermediary uh, offensive attacks that they've faced so far and that's what new orleans is their strength is going to be until drew gets back so uh we'll see what you know well, i i imagine alvin Kamara will still have a better game than last year when he faced dallas and they're able to completely stop them as a similar uh, case where breeze in that game had a, you know a nagging injury it seemed like and wasn't throwing the ball down the field and they kind of had to uh bring the game plan back but overall at this point i, I just as much as you know we've talked how much and we're going to regret the Cowboys not being in the playoffs I, I think their offense is too good I think they're clicking right now and I'm going to go with Dallas here even on the road yep uh, it's going to be a good game and certainly one where the Cowboys uh, they can they can have a lot more people jump on the bandwagon uh, after getting a win like this versus the, the three teams they've already played uh, if they can come out and have an impressive effort here uh, there will be a lot of eyes on them as a potential Super Bowl contender uh, as there were going into the season except uh, if you're someone who listened <laughs> to this show because uh, now that one of us had all that out we need to completely re-record our yeah, predictions we, we Cowboys should do Patriots that. Super Bowl <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to re-record. So anyone that wants to go back and listen to that first episode uh, we did on the uh, the predictions for this season, uh, be sure to, to go back and check that out. We will certainly have some different ones in there this time around so they, they sound a little bit better. Uh, we'll probably have different predictions, Dylan, for one of these next two teams uh, as well. And that's uh, we wrap up with a Monday night game, which is the Bengals at the Steelers. Uh, I had the Steelers winning that division, but as we know, Ben Roethlisberger's injury certainly changes things there. And the Steelers did not look great in Mason Rudolph's first start in san francisco uh but luckily they come home here and they play a Bengals team that uh i was back on the Bengals bandwagon after week one but after weeks two and three i am nowhere near it uh because they just they haven't looked great uh since that that first week almost getting a win in seattle uh, now they go into pittsburgh here in a, a setting where i i think honestly uh, the Bengals can win this game because yeah. With the way they pass and the way that, that Zach Taylor has that offense still playing pretty well for the most part, I guess. We can look back at that game against the Niners and probably think differently. But I, I don't know. Like, I went with the Steelers here. I don't love the pick because I, we just still don't know what we're going to get with Mason Rudolph. But I do think James Conner could have a big game here. The Bengals have given up a lot of yardage on the ground. Uh, they're a team that just, as we've said before, just not a great tackling team. Um, I think James Conner could have a big game here and the Steelers uh, able to, to potentially grind out a win in this one. Yeah, I was just considering changing my pick as we usually <laughs> talking about some of these things. Yeah, Pittsburgh last week, they – Force five turnovers off those as I talked about last uh, podcast only score six points and both times they, they were set up within inside like basically the 25 30 yard line on both of those ones so Pittsburgh's offense is a huge question mark I, I really don't feel great about either of these teams two two of the worst teams DVOA wise defensively so far and offensively both in the bottom third in both categories a lot of concerns um, on Cincinnati's you know, ability to stop the run, and I think that's why I'm going to stick with the Steelers here. I do think James Conner, as you mentioned, will have a big week. I, 
you know, they they did get do some decent things against Buffalo last week, but a lot of that was not necessarily the defense making plays. It was Josh Allen kind of making some of the mistakes uh, Buffalo fans wish he'd stop making. And uh, I think in this game at home, Pittsburgh needing a win at 0-3, if they're going to start 0-4, man, it, it's tough to – it's just tough for me to pick against them here on this Monday night game at home, even with all the losses they've had and overall the team has looked. I think they'll do enough here to get the win, but I do not feel confident in this game either way. I think you know we go from uh, the Thursday night game tonight, which will hopefully be a great one, to a matchup that before the season they I'm sure they imagined the Steelers being – pretty good out of the gate and maybe the Bengals getting a winner here too and uh sure enough we got a couple 0-3 teams that are both playing bad <laughs> both trying to find their rhythm both probably not gonna make the playoffs uh so I'll go with Pittsburgh again do not feel great though about this one yep if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan the way we've talked about the other three teams in the division on this episode uh that should give you uh, some confidence moving forward because uh we've got we've got our issues with the Browns the Steelers and the Bengals right now because mm-hmm. uh, those three teams Still trying to figure some things out, but we're both on the Steelers here uh, in what could uh, be an interesting game there in Pittsburgh. All right, Dylan, uh, before we wrap up, there are two pressing things we now need to get to before we do so. For starters, as we were recording this podcast, the NFL announces that uh, Jennifer Lopez and Shakira, that is your halftime performance, Dylan, for oh. the Super Bowl. How, how do you, you feel? Let's get, let's get your instant reaction and hot take to that being your Super Bowl performance in Miami next year. My hot take is I'll probably be focused on my computer, usually working on the social <laughs> media side for clutch points uh, during all, all the games, really. But especially on the Super Bowl, I, I couldn't really tell you who the last few performers were because <laughs> each time at halftime, I'm, I'm running over to get some food and <laughs> go to the bathroom and do different things because <laughs> even during the commercial breaks, I'm constantly trying to find things to post and posting stuff for our pages so i mean hopefully it's an enjoyable one i mean hopefully everyone else enjoys that show gonna be honest with you i have i could not if you gave me 10 guesses i couldn't guess who did it last year like i I just i'm someone i think i was working on the game last year too so i i have no idea i think it was like maroon 5 because i remember people were mad that they were going to be in atlanta instead of some other artists (laughs) but i I could be wrong i I don't feel great about that uh recall yeah so so maybe we're not the best people to uh judge halftime performances here you don't listen to this podcast for our our halftime performance uh (laughs) reviews and we will not probably be doing that after the super bowl uh this year but also dylan one more thing we're going to get to here it's a big week for both of us because we are facing off in the Clutch Points Fantasy League oh as clearly the top two teams in the league right now, although I would like to point out I'm the only 3-0 team in this league. Um, yes. but After I lost by you... point three in week well, two. Well, listen. It's, <laughs> Thanks, I'm sorry. Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> it's, it's still a loss. I'm sorry, and we can't all be 3-0 and right now. How are you feeling heading into the big matchup here with the potential uh, to go to the top of the standings if you're able to, to beat my stellar team that's led by Deshaun Watson, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, um, and quite frankly, I don't remember everybody else, so it can't be that stellar. And those are the top three. That's all I know. Yeah, I feel I feel pretty good about my own team. It's it's more you know you can control what you can control, right? <laughs> As the athletes <laughs> will always tell you. Uh, you know, last week I I'm not going to probably put up 156 again. I do feel good about the matchups for a few of my guys. I think uh, you know Keenan Allen especially. 
against the Dolphins defense. But I, I'm a little concerned because, you know, I'm going to have Wentz going against the Packers defense, and I talked about how much I love their secondary, and then I just also went over <laughs> Alvin Kamara and his struggles against Dallas's defense. So I think there could be a little edge for you there. Um, we'll see what Deshaun Watson does. Uh, you know, Zeke probably has a big week. I'm counting on Fournette to have another dud. Hopefully he won't have another huge run <laughs> like he does later, but should be close. I think the the uh, projected score is within a point or two, so it should be a good one. <laughs> there you go. Your projection is 112.7 points. My projection is 111.7 points, so there we go. <laughs> um, it's going to be the matchup of the week for anybody in the uh, the Clutch Points Fantasy League. Uh, we are calling this the game of the week uh, for the fantasy <laughs> Extra league. game but of the week here. That's, that's right. There's our extra pick, but uh, have some fun there. Let's wrap it up. Dylan, uh, next time on the podcast, we'll obviously be back with our takeaways from uh, week four and uh, we'll give you more waiver wire pickups uh, heading into next week and of course you can go back find all of our stuff on that all of our articles over at clutchpoints.com Dylan uh, be sure to tell everybody where they can find uh, all the rest of our stuff uh, as we head into week four yeah for the podcast if you're listening you already know to find us Apple Spotify SoundCloud whatever uh, outlet you're using currently but for our NFL content you can go to clutchpoints.com slash NFL uh, we have our whole NFL section there. If you search fantasy football, have all of our fantasy content, we have all our Stardom Sidham articles that were published yesterday. We'll have some more things going on. We'll have our injury report for all those updates. We'll send out notifications Sunday before the games get started. Uh, so you can find our content also on the Clutch Points app on the NFL side. If you want to follow games, we have the score section, but also all our news polls in there. And uh, hoping to, over the next, we'll see how many months, uh, depending on how long it takes. We're trying to get a section on the site um, started up with fantasy football uh, content as its own kind of home with uh, rankings and uh, just overall a place for all of our fantasy content injury updates so looking forward to that yep lots of great stuff uh, over clutchpoints.com be sure to head out check all that out uh, we're both on twitter me at the blank level dylan at dylan reagan cp uh, be sure to follow us on there as well and uh, yeah lots of great action in the nfl and uh, we are looking forward to a lot of great games uh, this week but that'll wrap up uh, this episode of the established the past podcast be sure you're subscribed everywhere and uh, we will talk to you guys uh, on the next episode